Passion Pod 80. The, the amount of joy it gives me to say that. I know I'm pointing out the obvious here, but that means we have 80 packages of inspiration-y, encouragement-stuffed stories of people doing their own passion-filled adventures. That's pretty impressive. And you know what the amazing thing is? Is that it's barely scraping the surface. The amount of people out there doing awesome things just never ceases to amaze me. So on with this quest. It is quite the brilliant one. So wearing the proud crown of Passion Pod 80, I'm probably prouder of it than they probably are, um, is Andy of Weekend Box Club. Andy will tell you more about it, but Weekend Box Club is a subscription service for kids. Sort of kind of does what it says on the tin. So we'll leave the rest to your ears. Oh, and just to say, by the way, this is a Skype one. Haven't had a Skypey for a while. But yeah, Andy's actually based in Newcastle. So just a bit of a long way to come for a podcast chat, we thought. But, you know, dedication to the cause, found a way around it. Uh, so, yeah, Andy. You're listening to Passion Pod number 80 with Andy from Weekend Box. So we're just about to start the interview, but Andy, I want to talk to you about these flashing lights in your background. That's someone signing up to Weekend Box. Are you actually joking? No, no. Oh my God, that is possibly one of the coolest things I've ever seen. (laughs) They're Philips Hue light bulbs, they're Wi-Fi enabled. So basically, um, as soon as someone signs up to the website, they get a notification and then they um, they flash. Oh my God. So um, so it's quite a nice little motivator when we're um, we're sitting working in the office day in, day out, and we see kind of like flashing lights every couple of minutes just to kind of, you know, validate what we're doing and that people are interacting with us. There's actually people out there. It's absolutely... Absolutely amazing. What a brilliant idea. Did you come up with yeah. that? How did, you, how did you decide to do that? Well, well I'm going to sound really nerdy, but it's quite a simple system, like kind of putting it all together because um, there's no code that goes into it. It's just a service called If This Then That. I don't know if you've heard of it. No. You just Google it. It's a website where you can just like sign into different services that have an API and then connect them together. Okay, really clever. And so the way this hat works is, you know, um, we just connect Stripe, who do all our payments. And so um, when Stripe creates a new customer, the lights flash. And that is that's... possibly the best start to an interview I think I've ever had, Andy. <laughs> uh, right, so let's go back and let's leave the distraction of these wonderful <laughs> flashing lights. Andy, tell me about Weekend Box Club. In a nutshell, what is it? I'm sitting next to you. I've never met you before. Give me sure. a couple of sentences of what exactly it is that you do. So Weekend Box is a regular delivery of creative, green, healthy activities for you and your children to do at the weekend. The idea is inspired by, you know, busy parents who love spending time with their kids, but don't necessarily have the time to come up with ideas, go out and buy all the stuff, buy, you know, huge boxes of pipe cleaners and pom-poms and buttons. <laughs> all, and kind of all the fun um, things. We curate and deliver amazing inspirational activities, all themed around a particular thing. It might be Toko, it might be Mother's Day, or it might be Easter, or, you know, like flags of the world, countries, things like this. And we deliver it in a really cute parcel right through your letterbox addressed to your child. So, you know, when do you get post as a child? It's, you know, birthdays and Christmases, but actually we extend that throughout the year and provide parents with the things they need to have amazing times and experiences with their children. So if I go on your website, tell me a bit more about what you offer. What can I get my hands on? The simplest way of, of describing what we do is that we, we send a regular delivery of um, arts and crafts, baking, children's activities through the post for children aged three to eight. That's the weekend box. Now we call it the weekend box club because eventually 
we want to move out from boxes and move into loads of different areas. We want to have this real kind of overarching engagement with children's education, making learning more fun. And for me, it's about just creating something that I would have wanted as a child. I never really learned particularly well through reading a textbook or you know, listening to a lecture at university. It was all about doing something, creating something, practicing skills. And everyone has different learning styles, but you know, our, our job and our sort of main philosophy is to be able to create things that families, children, parents can engage with in a really fun and cool way. I want to do it. I don't have kids and I want to get one. <laughs> we, we often get asked about adult weekend boxes, isn't it? I never know how far or like how wide I should read into that. <laughs> it's a whole so, different business you got going there, Andy. Business, yeah. um, Andy, tell me, what's your background? How on earth do you go around setting something like this up? Have you got kids yourself? or Talk, talk us through it. So the idea was inspired when I was looking for gift ideas for my nieces and nephew in April 2013. So we're nearly three years old now. And my background before then was as a software developer. I'd only had sort of one job from university, and that was as a, the lead tech person on, a, on another startup here in Newcastle. And I realized at that point, I was 18 months into that job, and I actually just kind of thought, you know, I want to leave and start something of my own and create something and actually have a bit of an influence over the world. And at that time, it seemed to be the perfect position for me to do that. You know, I had no children, no mortgage, no wife, no, no pets, anything like that. So nothing really that could tie me down or, or catch me out. In the worst case scenario, I was like, just got to go and move home and get another job. And uh, I sort of, sort of quit my job, had a month or so to work out what I was going to do. And in this time, I was looking for sort of gift ideas for my nieces and nephews. They were four and six at the time. And I wanted to find something that was creative, that was fun, that would inspire them to learn about the world, but not in an educational sense, more in a, a way of kind of learning through doing, kinesthetic learning, sensory development, these sort of things. And uh, I couldn't sort of find other things. So I started making some weekend boxes and sold a few. And then, you know, we're still here three years later, really. That's amazing. So the timing of that is so interesting because you were off to set up your own business. And in that time... I wonder what would have happened if you hadn't come up with the idea or the need. You owe your niece and nephew quite a lot, I feel. Well, yeah, quite. I mean, the thing that sort of really triggered it was finding something that would help them remember me throughout the year. I live quite far away from them, so I only sort of get to see them a few times throughout the year. But actually, a regular delivery, you know, think graze boxes or packs coffee with kids' activities inside. You know, something that's just regular, fortnightly, monthly, whatever frequency it is just helps them kind of go, oh, you know, Uncle Andy's so cool. Christmas, <laughs> cool points, actually, I love it. Who's the coolest uncle? Is the guy who runs a toy company, you know, right? <laughs> You're actually the, winning that hands I down. Win, yeah. And it gets me extra brownie points, I suppose. But that was really the main trigger for it. And I, I think a lot of people thought, probably quite understandably, I was a little bit crazy to start with, but I guess you probably have to be to create something and just kind of think that you can do things. But actually, um, for me, it was about challenging myself, why can't I do this? What if the one in the million chance of actually making this a success actually kind of works? So I just set about making boxes and, you know, going out and see if I could sell them. 
I love it. If, if only you could see me, I'm standing here like nodding away. I just couldn't agree more. And it's just so exciting because it's that thing of like, you're never going to know, are you, until you try, for goodness sake. How did you um, make it work financially, though? You touched slightly on that earlier yeah. in the beginning stages. Talk us through a bit about that. Well, at the time, I think I just read the four hour work week and I was like completely in this mindset of I, all I've got to do is like minimum viable product, you know, kind of create something, sell it. The quicker we kind of iterate, learn, adapt and things you know, the quicker it will work out if it's a go or not. So in terms of finances, I actually didn't really plan too much at all. I, in one mind, I didn't think I was still going to be making boxes in, you know, two, three months time. And on the other hand, I went, well, it'd be cool if we are. So I, I, I didn't really have much money in the bank at all, no more than a couple of months worth of runway. Now I look back, I didn't really realize it at the time. But this kind of naivety really inspires you because you kind of go, Actually, yeah, you know, I could I could make something get from kind of creation to selling and then, you know, kind of a recurring revenue product or a subscription product is great for that. You, you sell, you know, a product once and then people keep buying it as long as the quality is there and all sorts of things like that. And so I didn't really think too much about it. I mean, since then, we've got well, a couple of months into the business, we've got a startup loan, which helped me um, make our own boxes, whereas we were buying sort of, um, you know, off the shelf components before then. So we made our very own brand new branded colored weekend boxes and also helped us kind of put a bit more money into a few sales channels we couldn't afford to put money into um, to sell some more. And it was it was a seven and a half thousand pound loan. So it wasn't kind of like life changing much money. But I live in Newcastle and it's super cheap to live up here. And there's loads of kind of really available, good skilled labor that people who are willing to help you kind of get things together. There's, there's endless mentors and people who've been there and done that. And you know, I suppose we probably begged, still and borrowed until we could kind of get to a point where we could sort of pay a little little wage or a little salary. Amazing. Um, and that the reality is probably a little bit harder than that, I suppose, in that, you know, it, it's a long time until you can actually, you know, earn a decent living. Yes. Yeah. I don't think I really do that now. Um, you know, we're nearly three years in, but I do it for more than money. If I were doing it for money, I would be a banker or, you know, do something that was just all about, you know, cash. Mm. Um, I suppose you actually have to kind of really weigh up that balance between am I doing this for love and changing the world or am I doing this for a paycheck in the month? And the- for me, it's definitely former. Yeah, no, I can absolutely in the nature of how you talk about it. How how you've got to where you are now then, have you had to take on any other work or have you, you know, outsourced different bits and pieces? How have you, how have, you have you got any tips for anyone that, that might be thinking of doing something similar as to how you've got through to this stage, like you say, three years down the line? Be prepared for long hours. I don't know, <laughs> it's kind of a bit of a cliche, I suppose, but... You know, I always recall there was a day, I can't remember exactly where it is, but it was very early on in the development of Weekend Box. And I just remember distinctly packing PVA glue into little sachets at 2 a.m. in the morning, kind of thinking, <laughs> what on earth am I doing here? What um, has my life and, become? Yeah, exactly. You know, sitting surrounded by like boxes of pipe cleaners. and Oh, sounds so you know, fun. I mean, but it's fun, right? I, I just think life would be so boring if you just did one thing or like you had a job where you had to be in the office from nine till five each day. I think it would drive me absolutely nuts. So I, I, I realize I've deviated from the question, but in terms of advice, I suppose don't jump into something until you're really passionate about it because there are the times when you actually, you won't be doing it for money and you probably won't be doing it for, um, you know, much else than kind of sheer bloody mindedness, I suppose. And that desire to succeed or the desire to create something and, and, and change the world in, you know, have a big or smaller way as you want. We're very lucky in that 
people send in photos, be it via email or social media, of their kids doing the activities that they've received that weekend. And that, for me, is kind of what really completes that circle of purpose. Why are we doing what we're doing? It's to deliver happiness in quality time. And so when I see a picture of a child enjoying an activity that we've created the week before, Amazing. from ear to ear, it makes it very real. And we print them all out and we, we stick them around our warehouse and our, our office. It's why are you doing what you're doing? You know, if you, um, if you can't kind of look at that and go, you know, we, we change people's lives. You Super know, how, satisfying. Uh, it's all, yeah, it, that's what makes it all real, very real. You know, encapsulating that emotion that really touches my heart, you know, and that's kind of the reason that I started out is to kind of like, you know, deliver more, more quality time. And hopefully that's kind of evidence that we're starting to achieve that. Bring it on. The more, the better. Can't wait yeah, to exactly, see the next yeah. three years. Really. Uh, yeah, this is just yeah. so great. I've spent the entire interview with a massive grin on my face. <laughs> what a lovely, well, lovely... You've got the best job in the world. Because, <laughs> but, you know, just create things and start as soon as you can. If we look back to, you know, our very first weekend boxes and look at the evolution of where they've come from, you know, testing different features and things that worked and actually a lot of things that didn't work that we've had to you know, kind of remove or take out or change the design and things. The, the fundamental process underlying all of that is test and learn, test and learn, test and learn. And, you know, whether it's sales channels or new product features or whatever it might be, the more that you do and the more that you try and identify what's going to work and what's really not going to work, the sooner you'll get to the place where you want to be. Yeah. And it's just don't worry about failing and, you know, we we probably fail at 99 things before the you know one that we kind of succeed in but the sooner you start doing those and testing those the, the sooner you'll get to the place you where you, you want to be yeah you're moving it's still movement yeah um i'm interested are you developing what is going in the boxes themselves or do you have advice or team because you, you were saying your background is in more of the techie side of things did you have to retrain or anything or are you just going basically based on your childhood here Andy of what you love doing <laughs> living out your well, kids fantasy well, a lot of it actually comes back to things that you enjoyed as a child and there is something kind of quite real in that I mean the typical parent that we will target is quite a time poor parent you know relatively young parent in a way and actually um, you think back to the, I don't, I don't know, sorry, how old you are, Emily, but, you know, certainly when I was growing up, the kinds of things I was into in Blue Peter and Art Attack and all these kind of things. Oh, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> that's, that's the typical kind of customer who we're tr- sort of selling to now. And Blue Peter is, you know, on once a week or, you know, if that at the moment. And it's kind of sort of faded away in the same way that television or media has evolved away from kind of, you know, live broadcast and things like this. And I think that actually, you know, a lot has been lost in that process. So in a way, that how we recollect our childhood, there's actually a, a certain element of nostalgia in what we're doing and what we're creating. Aside from that, I mean, my background was technology, but it was also that mix of technology and education. How do you make education more engaging and more right. fun? Okay. And I build a lot on that. But we, we now kind of employ a mix of uh, educational experts. For example, we work with the University of Durham. Um, the education department there are sort of world leading in their field. We've... I think I can say this, uh, recently um, 
been speaking with Dr. Elizabeth Kilby, who is the child psychologist on The Secret Life of Four-Year-Olds, a Channel 4 show. Oh, amazing. That's such a great show. Yeah, it's great, right? And it's so fascinating to watch the children as they develop and communicate. And uh, Elizabeth loves what we do at Weekend Box and is kind of really proud to hopefully kind of endorse us and the work that we're doing on kind of bringing families together on quality time matters. Um, but then separately, we, we have Harriet, who's our maker and creator here at Weekend Box Towers, to, who comes up with you know, the arts and crafts, the cooking activities. And we apply all this background of education theory and quality time and also stuff that's just, you know, just plain fun. You know, yeah. kind of put it all into a, a you know a really nicely wrapped package. I've got uh, the feeling that everyone's going to have Harriet job envy after listening to well, this. What I was a job! A pro- uh, I was running a profile for her website bio today, and I genuinely think she's got the best job in the world. <laughs> I remember when we were trying to hire her, I pretty much wrote the job spec for a Blue Peter presenter. Oh, um, just <laughs> amazing! But without the scary cameras, this is like the dream. Yeah, exactly. I mean, she, we do a little bit of filming work, but we're still in the kind of testing process of doing video demonstrations and things. Um, Andy, tell me, what, what have you found the most challenging thing, do you think, setting up Weekend Box Club? I think probably the most challenging part is, you know, the perseverance and the emotional roller coaster, as people kind of call it, of running a business. And I, I guess I work so closely in the business, you know, whether it's five, six, seven days a week sometimes on, you know, kind of business things. And I really struggle sometimes to actually switch off, you know, whether it's evenings, weekends or whatever. But equally... The challenging thing is actually dealing with all those ups and downs, you know, so in any given day, you will have huge wins and hopefully not crippling losses or, you know, things that go wrong, but you have to deal with lots of things that that go up and go down. And you overall got to really understand how you, you react to certain situations and just find a coping mechanism of dealing with it. Because... If you don't, you can often get sort of struck down and, you know, you can be low or, you know, a small team. If you're upset or, you know, angry about something that quickly rub off on other people. So you've got to find a coping mechanism. And, you know, and there's so many things that get in the way of actually, you know, changing the world or running a business, whatever you want to do. The you admin. Know, HR policies or health and safety or insurance or accountants. God. And all that I want to do is spread more quality time around the world. And um You've got to find that balance, I suppose, between meeting financial regulatory requirements and actually focusing on doing what you do best. It's the fun stuff versus the boring stuff, Andy. It's the story of life. (laughs) Um, Sweet. We talked a bit earlier about advice. What advice do you wish you'd been given when you started up Weekend Box Club? What what would have been handy for you to know? Good question. Um, It's my fave. Yeah, it's a hard one because... Thinking back, it's probably something, you know, I think Steve Jobs something said something similar, and I hate to kind of quote people, but when you start out, you're, you're certainly within your first business, and I, and I hope that this will continue whatever I do, you're really naive about a lot of things. And it links back to what I was saying just now about having to wear lots of hats during the day and, you know, spin lots of plates. You have to be really, or you don't have to be, but it helps to be really naive and know that there will be kind of, you know, challenges that will, you know, could be showstoppers or that could just slow down your progress. But um, you shouldn't worry about them too much. You know, um, at some point, you know, from where we're at now, there'll be a step change, be it in operations or logistics or Things like this, you know, we'll go from shipping thousands, tens of thousands of boxes a week or a month to hundreds of thousands. 
And that will bring with it so many more problems, challenges, whether they be managing staff, getting bigger warehouses, or you know, just kind of getting that many boxes out of the door each day. And um, I could spend all my life worrying about things, but in a way, my naivety kind of hopefully just means that you, you deal with stuff as it comes along. And if you kind of try and keep a as rational decision-making process as you can, whatever challenge comes along, you'll just solve it. You know, some, some of the most determined entrepreneurs that I've um, studied or read about or things are people who just, just kind of just do stuff. I mean, look at Elon Musk. You know, he's trying to put a spaceship on Mars and then send it back again. <laughs> I'm sure there's a million things that could go wrong in that venture, but why worry about them now? You just kind of like try and keep that focus on what you do really well. You know, what's that, that real core vision? Just never deviate from that. just oozes enthusiasm, I think, from every single pore, doesn't he? Imagine someone telling you in your careers department at school or at like a careers fair at uni that there is a job like Andy's or even Harriet's. I got slightly obsessed with Harriet's job. It's so inspiring to know that people are out there doing this stuff, isn't it? Uh, thank you so much to Andy for sharing the story of Weekend Box Club. Right old honour to have him as Passion Pod 80. Uh, Passion Pod 81, next week we're back with a singer, she was on The Voice, actually, so you might recognise her, and she is now doing her own solo stuff and really does have one of the most beautifully haunting voices. If you want to make sure you're one of the first to hear it, don't forget you can find us on iTunes and just type in Passion Pod, subscribe, and then all our latest podcasts will just plonk into your app. Huge big fat thanks, as ever, for your precious ears. We are so grateful of those lobes, I can't tell you. Uh, until next week, have a goodie. <laughs>